Welcome to Franchise Marketing Radio, brought to you by SEO Samba, comprehensive high-performing marketing solutions for mature and emerging franchise brands. To supercharge your franchise marketing, go to seosamba.com. That's S-E-O-S-A-M-B-A dot com. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Franchise Marketing Radio, and this is going to be a fun one. Today we have with us Dan Rothfeld with Mainland. Welcome, Dan. Hey, Lee. Thanks so much. Pleasure to be here. Well, I'm excited to hear what you're up to. Tell us a little bit about Mainland. How are you serving folks? So Mainland initially started out about uh, close to about 15 years ago now. Gentleman, founder of the company is a gentleman by the name of Nick Powells. And um, their original uh, kind of focus area was in franchise marketing. As, uh, and today we serve about 120 different franchise brands in virtually every business vertical that you can possibly imagine. And essentially, we're providing them with digital marketing services, media. Uh, we leverage uh, technology, particularly um through a couple of digital channels that we uh, have created that allow us to be able to provide much more targeted type of a result back to our uh, clientele, leveraging off the digital channel, as well as the data and analytics that we can uh, generate as well. So now, at, so since its inception, it was always focused on serving franchise clients? Yep. The last uh, 14 years have been predominantly focused, well, actually entirely focused on service, servicing the franchise community. And now with the advent of some of these digital channels that I mentioned, uh, we're now starting to branch out into areas like uh, real estate, uh, personal finance, restaurant technology, uh, and a couple of other uh, business verticals as well, including uh, travel, uh, the travel industry as well. Now, um, by specializing primarily uh, on franchisors, is your work uh, helping that franchisor get found by potential franchisees? Is it helping the local franchisees get more local business? Is it a combination of all of that? Yeah, it's uh, C, all the above. Uh, The primary focus uh, has always started out in the development arena. So it is, as you mentioned, trying to uh, connect up uh, prospects, uh, that might be interested in that franchise concept. Uh, and then also as that franchisee becomes part of that system and gets onboarded working along with the franchise store and the franchisee to provide, um, you know, certain, certain uh, marketing tactics uh, to make that franchisee much more successful. Now, is there anything that uh, you could share with our listener that maybe they're an emerging franchise that's just getting started. Maybe they got some traction locally. Now they're saying, hey, I think that this can scale. I think we can do this in other markets. Is there kind of some do's and don'ts that you've learned over, you know, dealing with hundreds of brands? Um, Well, predominantly what you want to be focused on is make sure that you're, if if it's an up and coming franchisor, it's essentially leveraging the founder story. Why did the founder think that this was an interesting business uh, to develop uh, on their own. And then as that business grew and evolved uh, and became something that could be uh, created into more of a franchise concept, 
in which uh, that business, uh, you know, basically becomes almost business in a box. All the the issues that a prospective franchisee might face entering into that type of a business or that industry have already sort of been factored in. And, uh, you know, there's a, a very high success rate, which is obviously what people want when they're buying into a franchise. You want to leverage uh, the fact of why the founder decided to enter into that business uh, and whether it's lifestyle or whether it's, you know, as a result of a particular opportunity and leverage that franchise story, because that will resonate with prospective franchisees that might have an interest in that type of a business. Now that's an interesting tact. Um, my background's in marketing. So that to me really, um, is at the heart of, of marketing and advertising is you have to kind of attack the heart first before the brain. And it sounds like that you are in agreement from that standpoint that the why has to be there, the mission, whatever kind of the overarching emotional goal was, has to maybe be at the forefront and then still back it up by the facts of it's replicable and it scales and we have everything in a box. That That's secondary. I mean, those are yes. must-haves, but they're secondary in the storytelling of the brand. Yes. So, um, you know, within mainland, uh, one of the primary premises that we uh, always talk about internally with our staff, and we certainly talk about it with uh, the franchise uh, franchisors that we work with, is it's called, you know, uh, why, why you, why now? Uh, and it is, you know, building upon that uh, story of why that person decided to get involved in that business. Uh, you know, what was happening in that person's life? Uh, because at the end of the day, um, people sell brands, brands don't sell brands. So it really does start, in fact, with uh, the person's story uh, or the founder's story. Uh, and then, yes, to your point, you know, cl clearly the, the investment, the franchise investment obviously has to be there. But uh, what drives people to get into a business or to get into a franchise is always there's always something beyond the dollars and cents as to why a person decides to make that type of an investment. Now, having done this for a minute or so, um, has the reasons people buy a franchise kind of changed, uh, you know, as we enter hopefully a post pandemic era? Um, I would say that, you know, generally speaking, I, I, I think, well, I, I'll say this as it relates to, you know, current dynamics is people are, uh, are, are, you know, looking for an opportunity to control the agenda as opposed to letting the agenda control them. Uh, and I think that there is, you know, certainly a fair amount of frustration out there and, uh, just a uh, a potential interest of doing something besides, uh, you know, more of a nine to five or, you know, a traditional corporate type of a role. Uh, and certainly the pandemic uh, has, if anything, just increased that desire and that feeling uh, out there, generally speaking. So it's just, you know, really about the individual and their ability of being able to control their life. Uh, and wanting to do something that they get fulfillment out of and perhaps change the balance 
of their lifestyle, those are generally uh, where people start out in their look to is to find you know to ask the question: Is there something else out there in life besides just you know punching in at nine and clocking out at five? Now, do you think that any of that is also um, coming from the fact that like interest rates are so low and that a traditional retirement, some of the things that you would invest in a traditional retirement aren't there and you're going to have to add some more level of risk into your kind of financial future as you exit maybe that that corporate gig or that enterprise career that you had for a period of time that now you have to um, kind of take more of these kind of swings in order to maintain a lifestyle. I think for a, certainly there's a certain uh, uh, type of demographic where that resonates for sure. Uh, and I also think that once again, that's uh, looking at things in a very opportunistic type of a way coming off of something that kind of certainly has started off to be, and, and maybe even still is to a certain extent, a negative in terms of the pandemic, but leveraging the fact of you know current economics and current situations uh, to look at it in a very you know business uh, or financial type of a way that you know this perhaps is something for us to take advantage of uh, because of how things have essentially set themselves up right now as it relates to economics and finances for sure now is there any uh, are you seeing kind of um, the demographic of a potential franchisee getting younger? are younger folks kind of choosing this path as opposed to, um, you know, maybe like you said, get that nine to five where I'm just a cog in the machine and then I'll work my way up. And if they go with the franchise route, then they have a little more say and control over their destiny. Yeah, certainly, you know, if you uh, go back in, you look at the research as it relates to, you know, Gen Z and the millennial uh, generation, they're certainly much more focused in on lifestyle uh, and so, once again, uh, franchising as an opportunity is something that uh, may appeal uh, more to that demographic for certain reasons than uh, than, than other uh, generations. So, you are are you seeing like more like parent child kind of combos where maybe the parents funding some of this for the kids to get them going in a career rather than them kind of going out and getting that corporate gig? Yes. Uh, and actually, to be honest, that's something that I've uh, personally seen, uh, you know, throughout my uh, franchising uh, career. Uh, at one time, uh, I was uh, chief operating officer and chief revenue officer for a company called Choice Hotels International. And there was a lot of generational, um, um, uh, you know, tie in where, you know, the older generation made the initial investment and then it became very much of a, of a, uh, you know, family type of a business where they were, uh, you know, originally investing in one property and then uh, cultivated uh, that business and ultimately allowed them the, the flexibility of being able to uh, purchase and or build other hotels. And then as their children uh, came of age, uh, and expressed an interest, then they would bring them into the business as well. Now, are you seeing more um, kind of pro professional franchise owners where they're building kind of portfolios of complementary brands 
and they're kind of looking at a market a little differently because once they have that customer acquired, then they can kind of share them among several brands. Is that a trend that you're seeing? Uh, yes. And again, it's, 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 it's a trend for sure, but it's been a trend that's actually played out uh, for quite some time, particularly, again, if I look back into the uh, hotel industry and at Choice, we have uh, or had uh, 15 different brands that we you know, operated and sold. And, uh, you know, the part of the business model in that type of uh, industry is saturation. So particularly a choice where it was, uh, you know, a limited service, a limited service type of a hotel product, uh, investors and developers would uh, buy a piece of property, let's say right off of a cloverleaf of an interstate, and they would uh, build that property and then they might choose to open up uh, maybe even one or two or in some cases, even three other properties on the other uh, parts of that cloverleaf that were all different brands, uh, but yet still um, owned by the same ownership and developer. So you're seeing some of that, the evolution of that is that's now trickling into other kind of uh, sectors? Um, home services, uh, the restaurant industry, uh, that's definitely something that's uh, you're, you're seeing out there. Now, when uh, an emerging firm or a franchise partners with uh, Mainland, what does that look like? Are they coming to you with uh, maybe they got burned before, they weren't happy with their previous um, kind of marketing help, or, or are they coming to you as saying, hey, look, we this is our best guess on how this is working, and we need an expert to help shape our direction? Like, what is kind of your relationship with your clients? Yeah, it, it really, um, it, it's very dependent upon the franchise door. So in some instances, it's an upstart uh, and they're looking for that type of a relationship. They didn't have to have that when they were just kind of a standalone, uh, you know, operating unit. Now that they're starting to explore uh, the franchise concept, they need somebody that they can work with that will assist them in uh, creating market generation for prospects that might be interested in that brand. Or it could be a um, uh, inexperienced or a you know existing brand that may have had a previous relationship and that relationship has not evolved. Uh, and you know that's one of the things that we uh, definitely uh, strive uh, in our business is to make sure that we're not standing still because business doesn't stand still. So the ability of being able to you know understand. Uh, how demographics are changing, how technology is changing, uh, how storytelling, because, you know, at the, uh, at its crux, that's what marketing is all about, is storytelling. How is that changing and how can we help uh, that brand tell its story, uh, you know, in a more constructive uh, or better way that's going to resonate with the demographics uh, that, that they're um, trying to capture um, and, you know, once again, I, I think for us as our own brand, uh, we're, we, we tend to look at things as one, we are telling a story, but we're trying to, uh, uh, to try create a emotional attachment with that prospect 
uh, versus just strictly looking at this as a franchise business investment and an economic investment. And that's what we try and center our messaging around. Can you share a story? Don't name the name of the brand, but maybe give the backstory of they were struggling with this. They started working with mainland and then we helped them get to this new level. Um, well, there's quite a few, right. But um, talk about one that's memorable in the sense that they had a hard problem and that they really were kind of, you know, they were, had a real challenge and we were able to be creative and, and solve their problem. Yeah, well, um, one that just kind of comes to mind because it's a conversation we were just having uh, very recently, which is, once again, um, the messaging that their current uh, marketing firm was using was uh, much more focused in on the numbers of the franchise, you know, the, the franchise investment that a uh, you know, prospective owner would make, uh, not necessarily focusing on the value and the story behind uh, that franchise. And we had the ability of being able to change that messaging, not only that that um, almost immediately have an impact on the quality of the prospect that we were able to provide uh, to that franchisor, but also the sheer numbers of people who ha- were interested in it, as well as, I think, telling it, uh, telling the story better so that people understood what the franchise opportunity was. And then consequently, having the ability of being able to create uh, an environment in which that franchisor could be much more successful at selling that franchise concept internally or organically versus having to leverage a uh, you know a broker type relationship or the broker community to do that, and also you know trying to leverage the resources that that franchisor kind of already brought to the table but might not have been communicated. Uh, where where people you know totally understood that. So do you see a lot where the franchisor kind of has gold right around it and they don't see it? Like maybe they take it for granted or they don't see the value that maybe somebody on your team could see and say, oh man, that's right in front of you. Why aren't they doing more of this? All the time. We do. Uh, we do brand. I, we just in this past uh, week we've done, we did three different brand assessments. And what you find out, and I think this is the case, whether you're a mom and pop business or whether you're a portfolio company like a, you know, like a choice or, you know, some of the other larger portfolio companies out there that have multiple brands, sometimes you get so busy in working in your business, you don't really take the time to step back and work on your business. So because you're so focused in on sort of the day to day, you don't kind of take account or do an inventory of what you may already have that you're really not taking advantage of. And particularly that's where the brand assessment process that we do with our clients um, is uh, incredibly beneficial. Well, Dan, thank you so much for sharing your story today. If somebody wants to get a hold of you and have a conversation with you or somebody on the team, what is the website? Uh, You can go to it's uh, hellomainland.com. And uh, certainly feel free to reach out to me or, or Nick, and we'd be happy to have a conversation with you. 
Good stuff. Thank you again for sharing your story. You're doing important work and we appreciate you. Hey, you bet. Thanks so much for the time. I appreciate it. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on Franchise Marketing Radio.